Hey, everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, everybody, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 427. We are, that podcast talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm Dijiron Mess. I am Mako-chan. I'm Ichigo Gami. And I'm Wild Space. No audio. Say what now? Mako-chan's no audio. audio is repeating. Okay, hold on. She's echoing. Echo, echo. Let's see. Let, let, let me see what's going on here. Ranma has no audio. What do you mean I have uh, no audio? Yeah, and Theo's saying you have no audio, Ranma. All right, now, here we go. Here we go. I probably, yeah, here's the thing. When I do, when I keep doing the stream, I have to remember to mute everybody on Skype coming in and out except for me. Or else nobody else will probably hear it. That's probably what it is. But looks like we're good. We are good. Oh, God. Yay. Except that uh, Mako's uh, Skype screen keeps popping in and out, like going small, middle, large, and supersized. <laughs> Pixie is too damn cute. I know. <laughs> and if you look on the left-hand side, we have no ticker. The same thing happened. Um, the same the same thing ha had happened um, when, uh, what, you know, with Streamlabs. So I went back to Streamlabs because the information was right there, and I didn't have time to set everything up through uh, normal OBS. Wait. What? Looks like you still can't uh, hear her. Yeah, yeah Ari said can't still can't hear you. Right, hold on. Hold on. <clears throat> We're doing the uh, show in mime tonight, guys. So uh, <laughs> if it's your, if you like the mime, you know, uh, put in the chat down below. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't. Mimes. I, I don't know what the hell is going. Go, it's uh, audio cat. Use custom audio device. Uh, oh, flip bird. Wait. Uh, use custom audio device. Okay. Alright. I, I, I just adjusted the uh my, my myself again, so I'm not sure what the hell else has to be done around here. So well, I'm actually going to check my my normal Skype settings and see what the hell is going on here. And what's I, going on? I know, right? What's going on? You are what's not going, what's going on? on? Oh, no. oh, Where does it... I'm sorry. I'm just over here. What's going Ronma's on? still what's ultra low, on? but you can be heard. Apparently. I don't get why I'm being so ultra low unless I really have to turn up the microphone. It's supposed to be plus ultra, not ultra low. Oh dang! <laughs> all night, all night. Hashtag all, all night. night. Don't make me get my belt, young woman. Goodness. Lord Jesus, such sass on you. You you, you didn't get that from me. Heh. <laughs> Is it so your pants can stay up? <laughs> no, that's the other <laughs> belt. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just over here making fashion jokes in my quietness. You, you, anyway, you are not how is this? Uh, can everybody hear us okay now? Every, can you hear everybody else? 
the rest can be heard. Apparently, it is just you, Ranma, that is having the audio issues. Let's try now this. Ranma is silent. Okay, how about now? There we go. We should be good. Okay. There we go. Oh, yeah. This is a triumph. <laughs> All right. You see, um. <laughs> see, you got to understand, part of the issue is when you're running a live stream and you have, like, three different audio inputs, one of these audio inputs is running everything, and if one goes wrong, everything is shot to shit. So. I think we're good, though. Yes. So, so uh, we are yeah. except for Yeah. Fact, except for the fact that I don't have a light, but I will fix that next week. Okay. And I'll get into that in just a bit. So, anywho, we are live tonight, week of November 12, 2019. We're here live on Twitch TV. Uh, we want to thank everybody who is hosting us, uh, the wonderful people at the Voice of Geeks Network, we're a proud podcast affiliates of. You can find us there through uh, Twitch TV slash Vogue Network. You can also find us at our own Twitch page at uh, Twitch TV slash Anime Jam Session. And some of the other awesome people who are hosting us, such as Ichigogami, Wild Spice, and a few <laughs> others. So thank you very much. I'd also yeah. self-host, but um, I probably am self-hosting. I'd have to go check, and I'm just not going to open up another browser just for that crap. So, you know. <sighs> I had to go find the... I couldn't find... like in the. I haven't been in Twitch in a while. I could not find how to host in like desktop Twitch. So I had to do it from my phone. I was just really confused. <laughs> it's like I leave Twitch for a bit and come back, and it's all different. I'm like, what happened? I mean, it's not so bad, you know. I mean, I actually switched over to the new Twitch um, uh, desktop, like um, for the net, for the settings and all that. I'm like, what the hell is this? And I went back to the old one. I'm like, this is so much better. <laughs> oh. So, anywho, as we all do, um, how is everybody doing tonight? I'll take that as okay, since it got quiet for <laughs> five seconds. Say. And don't forget, like I said, you can find us on Twitch TV slash Anime Jam Session, Twitch TV slash Vogue Network, live.vognetwork.com. Uh, check out our Discord at vognetwork.com slash Discord. Um, all the shows have a live, have a chat, so swing by, come through, and have a good time. So, as you can see, um, we don't have our rundown because I'm running Streamlabs, and I didn't have that issue with OBS Studio, which I will be taking care of tomorrow, so it won't, we won't have this problem. So, anywho, we're going to go around the room with how was your week, how was your day, let's kick things off with Mako-chan. What have you been up to in the last four weeks? Everything, nothing, and oh my god, has it really just been four weeks? It feels a hell of a lot longer than that. Everything is awful. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, not much really going on. Uh, playing Pokemon, mm -hmm. reading fanfic, watching anime, going into the city... Meeting up with Vogue peeps. Now, you know, huge. Now, first of all, you need to stop lying because we all know you are reading smutty stuff, okay? Actually, no. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm currently reading a crap ton of Harry Potter crossover fanfic. With Supernatural? Um, 
I'm actually currently reading Harry Potter and uh, Marvel crossovers. How? I don't. I don't want to know. I don't know how that works. Why? There are wizards in the Marvel universe, so of course Harry Potter can, you know, pop in and go, "Up, oh, magic is okay." <laughs> Lord. Okay. You're a wizard, Peter. Like, phew. Well, like, what I'm uh, currently what I'm reading is Harry Potter got done with all of the crap in Britain, and then found out that because he is the master of death, he's not aging. So he went to New York and ended up being smack dab in the middle of everything going on in the Avengers movie. And you find out he's actually Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and there's an entire scene from Face Off. That would make things uh, more interesting, but no. Well, that's what the almighty pen and paper is for. Start right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Ichigo. How was your week? How was your day? What have you been up to? What's good, fam? What's good? Uh, hey, it's your girl, Ichigo. Um, but I have been at NecoCon and just in general kind of keeping tabs on stuff going on in the communities, which you guys will hear about a little bit later in the stream. I have basically been doing a lot of businessy, businessy stuff. Um, and it has been successful in a way, but also like a learning experience. It's been kind of cool to be at these events and selling my wares. Mm. Uh, but uh, it's been a lot of just kind of hanging out with friends and getting ready for uh, holiday time, yeah. you know. Um, also kind of starting to plan out next year already. Yes, I plan basically three to five years in advance because I am that crazy person. So, um, I've already found out that I may be in the Anime USA fashion show for next year, which I am ecstatic about. Um, and I will be at, hopefully, I'm finding out soon about Katsukon, so keep your fingers crossed for me, guys, in the chat, please. Um, I'm hoping to do, like, pastel OG, like, Utena vibes kind of thing for that, so I'm very excited. And then I have, um, some other stuff coming up. I have... A few costumes I'm making for uh, Katsukon, as well as getting ready for the rest of the year. But in general now, it's a small lull before I have to start just, like, going. Mm. So, uh, I may start streaming again. We'll see how it goes. But um, I'm hoping to wrap up some commissions and get back on track with that as well. So, that's my weekend day so far. It has been a long time. <laughs> Wild Spice, how was your week? How was your day? What the hell have you been up to, my child? So, first of all, y'all see me doing this. I'm getting over a cold, so I apologize. <laughs> um, death. But, but no, um, aside from but, fighting a cold. But here's the thing. Why, um, are you, why are you doing this, though? Because we're not in the same room as you, though. <laughs> no, I know. It's like, well, my mom just went to the doctor. She has a bacterial infection. So both her and I are sick. So it's just like germ central. So <laughs> habit. I'm just like, eh. you also don't want to hear me coughing up along. Anyway, um, what have I been up to? Oh, my goodness. So it's officially under a year out till my wedding. So I've been wedding planning. Um, 
I've been doing some more photography stuff. Like I'm trying to do more wedding photography and I'm busy doing more cosplay photography stuff. Oh, and I ran a convention, Shikari Con. We're going to talk about that. Yeah, mm. I've been I've been busy. <laughs> Somebody's going to be in the hot seat. Yup. All right. So my weekend day, it, it's been interesting. So, sorry. Right, so this is what happened. This is why we were gone for about a month. So, I probably have mentioned it before. I was running into issues with my computer where it would just lag every three, four days. So I figured it was one of my SSDs. So I just want you all to understand, I've been doing this for almost 20 years. I'm not saying I'm an expert, but I have a pretty good idea what the hell I'm doing. So normally when I get a new drive, I would just install Windows and all of my applications, which take about an hour. This time, I was being absolutely lazy. I just threw the flash, the solid-state drive in, put in the flash stick, told it to clone. About 20 minutes in, my whole system locked. I reboot. All four drives were wiped. And I'm just like, fuck. So, I end up getting everything back up, in back up online. I got a brand new drive. And I've slowly been rebuilding. I spent the last couple of weeks kind of editing. And thanks to Ichigo, who sent me some stuff to help me get, get this back up and running. So we're kind of back to where we are. Now, as you're wondering what happened to my stuff, I sent it out for drive for hard drive recovery. The guy I dropped it off at, I got great ratings, wanted about $5,000 to recover 14 terabytes of data. And no, I did not I did not turn in one of the drives with, the, with all the porn. 99% of that, I will never see again. I've already watched, and there's absolutely no need for me to re-download it. That drive has been plugged in, zeroed out, and basically gone the way of the dodo bird. So, as I was about to say to the guy, you know, this is a little bit too much for me. I'm going to go somewhere else. Because most of what I'm missing is, like, my entire massive collection of music. The podcast has been edited. I can redownload from my server. I'm just looking more towards like the photography and stuff that I have, like the raws and stuff like that. I was able to have recover some stuff, so I'm basically back on top, quote unquote. So the guy says, you know what, he'll do it for two grand. Okay, fine. It's been about three weeks and he's still at it. And I think this guy is just doing the low tier version of this. Because I'm not paying him the five grand, the near five thousand dollars for the recovery. Now I get that data recovery is expensive, but fourteen terabytes of data should not be five grand expensive. Even though there's repair place that does it, it's in right in the heart of Manhattan, but still, there are other places I have checked that do it cheaper. There was one place that will do it on payment plans. I was like, you know what? I'll take it to them if they charge me a little bit higher than what I was willing to pay. As long as I paid them whatever and they hit a halfway point, get some of my data back, I was perfectly okay with that. So it is what it is. So I will probably reach out to this guy next week and be like, is there an update? Now, one thing that had me questioning was he asked me the fi like file extensions what I needed. And I'm just like, can't you just do a folder recovery? A folder recovery is if you go into your hard drive and you see like all your folders and inside that another folder, so on and so forth. A lot of hard drive recovery software 
regardless of the file extensions that you're looking for, will scan and it'll show you the different file folders. So when you recover it, it's the same way you had it before. <sighs> we will see. I I have actually rebuilt and redesigned some of the um some of the logos, so it shouldn't be so bad. So if I do end up missing out on a couple of things, it is what it is. So you know, it's all good. Um, let's see what else is going on. Uh, we hit up a couple of I hit up a couple of conventions. Uh, work is going good. I retired the toaster oven. My new instant pot toaster oven air fryer arrived a day early, so I'm kind of happy about that. I finally replaced my refrigerator. I have to put the old one out for for disposal to, tonight, and it's bloody cold out. Also, um, if you haven't noticed, uh, Ari Rockefeller is not here with us. He wasn't here with us on the last episode. He's basically doing first and second tier shifts, so when his schedule allows, he'll be back to join the crew for more shenanigans. He'll probably show up with a bottle of Gentleman Jack as well. Please podcast and drink. Please podcast, Twitch stream, and drink responsibly. Because we're not liable. Now, now that we got that out of the way, next part of our show is our weekly geek swag. What weekly geek swag is, basically, we're going to show off something that that's cool. We want to share to everybody and possibly where you can buy it if you if you want to know. So, yeah. So, as always, uh, Mako-chan is ready, and you might as well tell us who is that adorable creature just staring out there, just blank with a blank with a blank stare on their face. Um, this adorable little kitty is Pixie from the Pixie and Brutus comics. Um, the creator of the comic uh, put through. Basically, with um, one of the plushie companies to have Little Miss Pixie here mm-hmm. uh, made up if they made enough sales. Um, so basically, if enough people decided that they were going to, you know, grab a plushie, they would go ahead and it, it's kind of a Kickstarter for plushie kind of thing. So um, I don't even think it was live for an hour before they had met the demand um and because of just how over the demand they went um i do believe he is going to be looking into making a brutus to go with her um but she is really tiny like this is this is my hand so you can see just exactly how tiny this little thing is and if you know anything about the comics at all, you know just how much larger Brutus is than her. So I am very, very scared to think about how much that plushie is going to be if they do it to the correct size. It also makes me think of this Norlax uh, Build-A-Bear plushie yes. that they're putting out and how big that guy is. Like that's Yeah, the size. I mean, I have here behind it, I actually have... The Snorlax oh, plushie. You got so it. The, no, well, wait, this wait, is no. this is the first yeah. one. So mm-hmm. this is the okay. quote unquote tiny one, which is already larger than any of the other um, ones that they have out there. He so basically, the new... that's his Tinder profile. I need Snorlax. Yeah. So I mean, I, I the other one is probably about two or three sizes. You know times bigger than he is 
Um, I really, really want him. Mm. I, I need don't know. the Snorlax. I was going to yeah, say, I... when they first put out that Snorlax bed and the Totoro beds, like the ones you could sleep on, I was like, mm. heck yes, my little Mori girl dreams. My little, like, forest spirit dreams. I would yeah. love. Well, at least it's not that, that ginormous Snorlax that fits up, like, half a freaking staircase, you know? That's what she was just talking about. Oh, oh hi, cat. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Which one is it? Um, that would be Callie. What did Callie do? Um, Callie jumped up onto my lap and then onto my desk <coughs> and then turned Twitch into full screen. <laughs> she was like, cats all day. Let's talk about yeah, cats. This yeah, yeah, cat I think so. Now I am usurping and taking over. Never let her gain thumbs. We will be no. in danger. Uh -uh. I actually know someone whose cat has thumbs, so... I want a cat with thumbs. Yeah, they're polydactyl, so yes. they have the little nubbly nub. Mm -hmm. I've seen them that basically it looks like they've got two paws on each hand. It's so cute. But yeah. You... <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That is my little girl, Pixie. And if you, you kind of notice on the side, the headlines just magically appeared. I'm just like... And there they are. Exactly. <laughs> I do not question. Sometimes there's techno magic you don't question. That appears, mm -hmm. but meanwhile, Mako's uh, Skype screen keeps bouncing back and forth. <laughs> I'm like, make up your mind already. I don't know why that's so funny, but it is. <laughs> no, it's because it's it's Pixie with the blank, what, the blank stare. That's why. Here's we had Pixie. a Pixie and Brutus version of The Shining. Like what? Come play with us, Brutus. Like what? <laughs> Go home, Streamlabs. You're drunk. Yes, yeah, Streamlabs you. is drunk. Thank you, Dark Tetsuya. <laughs> okay, uh, Ichigo, what do you have to show off for um, Weekly Nerd Swag? Uh, well, it's cold as balls outside. Not yeah. sure if you guys are aware of that. Uh, we had. <laughs> I exactly was not aware. Uh, we had exactly two days of fall this year. Only two. That is your recommended amount of fall, apparently. <laughs> um, so it's cold. Um, and uh, I decided to wear something I got in Japan. I can't remember if I showed you guys this before, but it's just a little bunny hoodie that is from the brand, I think it's a Baby the Starshine Bright, yeah. um, which is a, an alternative fashion brand. Primarily, yeah, uh, Baby the Starshine Bright. Uh, primarily like uh, Lolita or um, J Fashion Harajuku or like what you call kawaii fashion mm -hmm. which is like cute in Japanese yes. and I picked it up while we were in Japan from a secondhand shop called Closet Child who sells a lot of secondhand goods that are in alternative fashion everything from punk um, to visual K to Lolita to fairy K and stuff like that they also do accessories and stuff like that as well um, but yeah, I, we were there in March to April and it was still really cold. So I thought I'd pick this up because it also fit me because I can fit exactly one left boob in most dresses. So, um, I like things that are a little bit more multi-purpose. So it is helping me stay warm this season. Uh, I hope that everyone is staying warm in the chat. If you want to share what your favorite drinks to keep yourselves warm this season, let me know. I'm a hot chocolate kind of gal, so I love hot chocolate and mochas and coffees and things like that. But if I you're into like apple chocolate. or pumpkin spice or chai even, because we got our spice over there. Well, mm, spice chai. over there. 
Mm. But yeah, share them in the chat. So are so Ichigo, are you saying like what, currently one of the girls is warm and the other one is cold? What do you mean? Oh no, I'm like because this is one of my dresses. This I'll, is a dress that I made, I'm so uh, it say, fits me immaculately. No, because like, the way you're describing it, it's like it doesn't fit you probably. So I'm like, is one girl hot and one girl cold? I mean, that's one hell of a conundrum there. No, I mean, like, with a lot of Alita dresses, they're made for um, Japanese or Asian sizing, so a lot of that doesn't allow for at least a lot of patterns in brand-created garments that I've I've studied pretty significantly don't have curves pretty much at all. They're made into be, like, cylinders or, like, columns because that is the body type that they cater a lot more to. Um, a lot of the dresses that I make and wear myself, I pretty much have maybe one or two or three brand dresses. And a lot of that is because I would usually have to purchase two and Frankenstein them together. And I've done that before. I've even made a dress into a an OG or like a boy style, like into shorts and like a vest before, or like a salopette, which is like overalls. But it just unfortunately doesn't, like they don't fit American sizing. So mm. it's a lot more work than it's worth most of the time. Gotcha. Okay. But Theo answered me and said hot chocolate with marshmallows. Heck yes, heart hot chocolate. And now they have hot chocolate marshmallows with chocolate in the middle of it. They've had those what? for years. Hello Kitty had them with well, strawberry I'm, in the middle, wait, with I'm, banana I'm, and lemon. I'm just seeing advertisements for it now. I mean, I saw it last year. I was just like, huh, that's nice. Oh, we've got a new we've got a new viewer. Hi, welcome to the chat. Yeah, uh, Flo. Flo Hello. Flockmo <laughs> It is a very long name. Very Can we call you 30 Leap F for short? Is I, that okay? I, there I, you think go. That, I think that would be um I think that would be nice. Yeah. But yeah, welcome. Right. Okay, uh Wild Spice, what's your weekly nerd swag? Okay, I guess because we were talking about Snorlax, I have my Snorlax uh. that I got at Anime Next. <laughs> He's wearing an Anime Next staff shirt because he was the best staffer at Anime Next. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, when I saw the big Snorlax, I'm like, I have to get the Snorlax. This one I got because Snorlax is my dad's favorite Pokemon, so like now if I see any Snorlax, I gotta get a Snorlax. So now I'm like, I really need the big one. <laughs> so yeah. Cool. Snorlax. Um, see, uh, let me, I gotta jump over here for one second. He's gotta jump, guys, watch there out. We go. So, my weekly nerd swag is, um, this shirt that I got, I don't actually remember showing it off when I first bought it. This was like, I think about a month and a half ago, when me and Mako went to see uh, the Golden Girls parody show. And the shirt says, Blanche and Rose and Sophia and Dorothy and Cheesecake. And I wore this because uh, me and Mako hung out with a couple of other uh, Vogue people. Um, Arya Snark, Rob Roberts, and Alan, and the rest of the crew. So, um, so we had fun with that. And I figured, you know... What more than appropriate shirt to wear than this? And on my personal Facebook, there's a picture of me eating cheesecake while wearing this shirt because the color of the cheesecake matched the color of the shirt. So, that's my awesome weekly uh, nerd swag. 
on the plus side, um, for us being off, I was able to kind of add more to the collection to show off. So I'm kind of thankful for that. So, yeah. Anywho, now that we got that out the way, um, this is the part of the show where we where, where we put somebody in the hot seat. <laughs> so I, I, I'm, Snorlax? No. Up here's my representative, Snorlax. All right. So <laughs> this is my Shakira Khan representative, Snorlax. Okay. So this is what I'm going to do. Uh, Mako-chan, get the rope. Ichigo, make sure she doesn't leave. I will go get the canister of gas so we can get the hot seat going. I'm I'm sure we could just offer her cookies and tea, and she will be happy to stay. Without threat of death. Well, it depends yes. on what's in the said uh, milk and cookies. Could be some sugar. Honey instead of salt. Sugar instead of, of lemon <laughs> usually is, is a good way to go. Alright. So, normally when we talk, when we review anime cons, we don't have the con chair on the show with us. Usually the con chairs are in the, uh, are in the chat. And, you know... And we talk about the con. This is the first time where we actually have a con chair who is going to take the feedback and roll with it. Okay? So. Oh, I am? No. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I will chase <laughs> you. <laughs> All right. So, it, so Wild Spice, are you ready? Yes. Now, before we go into uh, the con, tell the few people out there what um, Shikari Khan is. So, Shikari Khan is a small anime and gaming convention that is in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, originally, we started in 2006 when I was in college. So, I remember originally, that. hmm, I remember that. Yeah, oh, yeah, two thousand long time ago. So, um, we started hey, it. In I remember that. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, one year you were actually doing your homework in the back. Yeah, I was stuck at a table doing my homework the entire <laughs> um, time. <laughs> so um we started the con back in 2006 because we had our anime club at bucks county community college and we needed a fundraising event because in order to keep your club you had to do a fundraising event every year mm -hmm. so we decided why don't we do like an anime con because there's not really anything around so because I'd staffed like at Otakon and stuff like that, I was like, yeah, sure, why not? So mm -hmm. we Famous ended up doing words. the, um, we did the convention in 2006. When we started it, we were like, eh, maybe like 50 people show up. No, we had around 250 to 300 people show up, and we're like, oh crap, <laughs> we weren't ready for that many people. Um, so that was great. We were successful that year. Then the next year, we did it again. And then after that, it kind of disappeared because a lot of us that ran it originally graduated college. So in order to run an event in the college, you have to be in the club still. And if you graduate, you're not in the club anymore. So it kind of fell to the weight. Well, that was interesting. Wild Spice? <laughs> oh, okay, um, you're good. Y y you yeah. froze up there. I froze up? Yes, Sorry. you did. I'm good now? You good. Okay. So t um, the event happened two more times over the span of like 2008 to 2015. So there was one in, I think, in 2013, and there was one in 2015, but that one wasn't called Shikari Khan. It was called something else. But mm. anyway, then it died again. And 
in 2017, I was like, hey, it's been a long time. Why don't we try to bring this back? Because we don't really have any conventions in Philly, aside from the huge ones like Wizard World, Keystone. Um, and ZenkaiCon used to be around Philly, but they moved out to Lancaster. So there wasn't really any anime conventions in the area. So we're like, why don't we try to bring this back? Mm. So that's the long and short of how ShikariCon came back to be. That answer that question. <laughs> Actually, it certainly does. So we decided to come back and, you know, have a good time with it. A basic two-day convention that was in one location of Philly that ended up in the neighborhood area of Philly, which I really enjoyed. So I thought it was kind of cool. Well, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I really can't trash talk this convention, not because of who is part of the staff of playing favorites. <laughs> I just felt like this con was like a restart. You were just starting things over, so a lot of things that did, I would say, would have gone wrong was kind of expected. So it's like, how many years has it been since you did this con? If you actually start from 2007, it's been about 12 years. See, there you go. <laughs> I mean, and I, and, I to and I totally get that, so... And I don't know why he just did that, so let's remove that. Thank you. I was trying to fix something, but everything. Well, I did like the, the, the small game room. It felt like a small club, and the fact that there was a PlayStation VR. And I haven't been to really a lot of cons where I actually had an opportunity to play uh, with PlayStation VR. It was, you know, and I've never done Beat Saber, so I thought that was kind of cool. Same, I never did it either before, and I was like, oh, this is fun. I mean, but granted, you know, it was a bit of an open area, so it was kind of loud, so I, you know, so I totally get that, so, I, yeah. Yeah, so, but it was, it seemed that people were still able to, you know, talk and participate and have fun, and because of the size of the con itself, um, I mean, a location, I mean, but just so everybody had a chance to play, so I thought that was fun. Mm-hmm. There we go. And I have replaced um, Pixie with an animated picture, so that way we can stop the flipping of the image back and forth. <laughs> Aww. Pixie broke it. It's cute. The cuteness broke the stream. I love it. But 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 let, let's be real here, though, people. For those of you who know Mako-chan as well as I do, this is <laughs> a perfect uh, image for her right there. So <laughs> there you go. All right. Now I understand. Like I said, the con moved to a different location, so you couldn't have everything like separate, like a separate room for artists for artist alley selling area, separate main events room. It was just like one giant. Hall. So, I did like the fact that because of the small number of the con of people coming in, I was able to kind of get some more photos. But the lighting there wasn't as good as I expected it to be. So I kind of found myself fucksoring around in Lightroom, staring at a bottle of Jack on the table. <laughs> so I think you. Yeah. Feel so. Me on that. 
Yeah, so quick quick thing on the venue if people aren't familiar, but like mm-hmm. um what ended up happening was we had a venue booked in twenty seventeen that was in northeast Philadelphia and it was a much bigger space and we would have been able to have a lot more separation of things. But in August of this year they contacted us and said, Hey, we're canceling your event. You can't have it here. Mm-hmm. So we pretty much had to ha- find a venue very quickly before the um we had the convention. So that's why we ended up at the William Way community center instead of spin which was the original Mm -hmm. venue we were supposed to be at but william way community center did say they really enjoyed having us and everybody was great and they said we were one of the easiest to work with so that's good well i hope since they broke and breached contract that you're getting some mega money back no so i did ask my um sister and she said i wouldn't have had anything legally so they did give me my deposit back but it it sucks, but it is what it is. <laughs> well, I totally get where you're coming from with that because there are a lot of people don't get this because there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of conventions out there. I know you guys had to put off this event for one year since last year, right? Yeah. And I think that your recovery and your trying to please, like, please your attendees and make sure everybody's accounted for it has been a much better recovery than a lot of conventions out there that are either obvious money grabs or want to scam people or in general just kind of leave it on the attendees to kind of recoup their losses and artists and their vendors and stuff like that. So I really appreciate that side of your professionalism when dealing with these kind of troubleshooting and issues like that, uh, especially because I'm a fellow con runner, so I know a lot of the stuff that can come up um, when it comes to those kind of issues. What were some other, maybe uh, either through attendee feedback or yeah, personal experiences, what were some more of the difficulties that you faced, um, even with the, I guess, evolution into the community center and stuff like that? And maybe if it can be summarized, how did you recover from that? Um, so a couple of things. Um, the first thing was... Um, we did end up, so what I did through the whole process was Mm -hmm. I gave people the opportunity if they wanted, like what back when we postponed, for example, I gave people the opportunity if they no longer wanted to attend or if they wanted to get a refund, I did give them the opportunity to do that. So I said, Hey, if you're no longer interested in attending the event, you can request a refund we'll take care of you same with our artists and vendors when we moved venues i actually have offered twice we offered refunds if they were interested so first when we postponed and then the second time when we moved venues we did extend to them hey hey, listen we understand we had to move down to a smaller venue it's in the city the city's a little more expensive all that if it doesn't work out for you to vend anymore let us know we'll give you a refund for your table so i've been really flexible and open with like if people were asking for well we gave them the opportunity to get the refund if they were no longer interested so we did do that um with um having to change um the venues and all that we did lose some events because we had to work out the space difference so um with that though we tried to work the best we could with the space we had so um what we ended up doing was because we did lose several rooms by going from one venue to the other, mm-hmm. we ended up merging several things into the one ballroom so we could still have those things. And then um, we used the other two rooms like for gaming and for panels and all that. And um, 
a lot of the stuff we did too, we were very commun we very communicative with the community. So we were always keeping people updated and letting them know what was going on and all that. Like I was, I was one of the things I wanted to do was be extremely transparent with our attendees. I didn't want to lie to them. I didn't want to be like, pay no attention to anything behind the curtain. Like mm -hmm. I'm like, no, we're going to be open and transparent just because of other conventions you've heard of where they don't tell you everything or they're not like a hundred percent clear on something. They kind of just say, a, give a vague statement. And you're like, well, what does that mean? So those were a lot. Those are a lot of the goals with that. Also another thing with, um, with moving events or moving venues, um, we had to, money was an issue so we had to figure out as well like we still wanted to bring guests and things like that to our event but we had to figure out what would work best for that so ZenkaiCon actually was cool enough and reached out and they, they ZenkaiCon offered help which was nice about like if we needed help with social media promotion or anything plus they like, well, first local guests so they shared that with us we reached out to some local guests we did get alex string to come so he did come he was really great he just asked for reimbursement for parking and coffees hey coffee makes it was really great around. and we really appreciated him being able to come by the way, uh, coffee so. is very important in the bartering process. Let me just tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. A cup of coffee is a difference between somebody living and somebody dying. Mm -hmm. And then um, Steel Samurai Band, uh, um, they came. They did a short set, but they still came. Like I'd been talking to them since we started planning the event, like 2017, mm -hmm. and just along the whole way, I'm like, "Are you sure you still want to come? Are you sure?" And they're like, "Yes, we still want to come. Cool." And I was like, "You guys are great." So they were awesome to work with as well. And um, we had the Balling Out Super Podcast. Um, they were really easy to work with, too. They ended up leaving their gear at the show by accident. I did get it safely back to them, so that was taken How care of. How do you forget your gear? But, yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, but it got I, back to them I safely. Mean, I, I have left stuff in hotel rooms, but I have never left my gear. I mean, the most I have left was my proton pack and thankfully we were like a half hour outside of uh of AAC but still I can I can see that happening if people don't have enough handlers unfortunately especially when you're guesting or you're doing certain things I mean I get a lot of brain fog when I guest at events even if I'm just in one room all day and I haven't had like enough to eat or um like just something is on like i will forget stuff and i'm just glad that i have like my husband or my friends around to be like oh yeah go pick up that bag you don't want to forget that and i'm like oh yes all of my life this thing i need it <laughs> and it's just like yeah i forgot but yeah no it, it happens all right I, I, I'll, I'll let that slide all right so i mean basically from from my view of it if you're used to big conventions, a whole lot of people around, you want to stand there and get your picture taken, this is not the con for you. If you want to go meet people, have fun, play some card games, play video games, and meet friends, this is the con for you. If you like small conventions, this is definitely one of them. Because I, as much as I enjoy a lot of bigger cons, I find myself going to, gearing more towards small to medium conventions. Because 
I don't know. I just have a lot more fun with that. I get to meet a lot of more, pe- lot more people as well. So. Yeah, I like the fact that I can sit down and actually have a conversation with somebody. Um, not just meeting new people, but the people that I knew that were there, I was able to actually have full-on conversations with, which you don't really get to do at larger conventions. Mm-hmm. So, I will say, I'll be, we'll be back next year. I don't, I'm, I know I'm speaking on behalf of the staff and the con and us, but, but personally, I'll definitely be back next year. This is, this is a con where you know you definitely want to see it grow and see where it takes you. So. I will definitely um, go, um, but depending on location will depend on how long I go for. Yeah. Because my my parking bill was a little too much. Yeah, I know. So that's the other thing we did was after the convention, um, we did send out a survey to our attendees to get feedback from them about, like, the location and what they liked, what they didn't like, what they'd like to see, all that stuff. So... That was one that that was pretty much the largest feedback we got was the expense of it being in Center City. And we totally understand that. We never wanted it to be in Center City because we know it's so expensive to be in Center City, which is why a lot of conventions in Philly fail because they can't afford to be in Philly. They have to go somewhere else. So we are. I don't mean to interrupt, (laughs) but it's no different from New York City. I mean, yes, we have New York Comic Con that's funded with a lot of money. Anime NYC, again, funded with a lot of money and sponsorships, you know. Right. I also feel, though, as you grow as an event, since you're having such a positive interaction, you might, one, these are just some interesting things that I'm saying because of my experience running a convention out out of a huge city, like D.C. and stuff. Um, Contact the tourism board um, if you haven't yet. Because a lot of times when they want people to visit the location, mm-hmm. especially yeah. the city and stuff like that, they will look at giving you deals sometimes, at least especially with things like Otakon and stuff. When you get bigger, they'll do signage and stuff for you like they were doing for us in Baltimore. Um, yeah. You also might see about parking deals. I don't know if maybe some of the hotels in the area will give you ideas of like if they have such and such, I don't know if you guys have room blocks and stuff like that yet, but you might reach out to them and see, like, if you have room blocks in the future, like, if they can give you a break on parking prices and stuff like that. Um, On the note of going back, when is your next event going to be, and how can we find out about it? So, our website is shikaricon.com, so um, we don't have dates yet for 2020, the reason being is I'm not ru- I'm not running the show in 2020 because I'm getting married next year, so I can't plan a wedding and plan a convention. <clears throat> I'm sorry, guys. I'm dying now. Um, so a couple of my staff, I was saying, okay, we'll take a break in 2020 and like maybe go biannual, so we have more time to plan, figure out where we want to move to, all that stuff. But they're all like, no, 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 we want to do an event next year, and I'm like okay, you can do an event, but y'all gotta, you gotta run it, it's, you gotta do the money, all that, I'm not, I'll be behind the scenes, <laughs> like, don't, I'll be like, don't, I will be the, like, coordinator. Just be, no, wait, wait, just be careful, you don't want that turning into a derpy con 2.0. That's right, I said oh, no. it. <clears throat> and the problem is, once you have momentum, especially since you, if you had more attendees than you normally have, um, 
there's the instance of if you don't do the event next year, then you start to stagnate, unfortunately, yeah. with a lot of smaller events, and that kind of sucks. Um, yeah. Especially if it's just a weekend or, like, especially since you had to move last minute and stuff like that, um, the relationships with the locations and stuff can stagnate. This is just me reaching out to all you yeah. lovely possible planners of events in our internet sphere. Um, yes. Is that you do want to keep up and maintain those relationships, even if it's just you you visit them or you shoot them an email every now and then. Because if you yeah. allow the relationships to stagnate, then you become unreliable and then people don't really care to work with you as much. Mm -hmm. um, but you seem like you had a positive reaction. You seem like you had a positive interaction with attendees and you had a good, um, wholesome moment. Um, so I... <laughs> If it happens on next year, unfortunately, I think I'm already booked up. But in the future, if the event is going on, I definitely do want to try and check it out. Yeah, so what we might do in 2020 is they might do like a one-day event instead just so we don't get forgotten and then go back to two or maybe three on in 2021. Um, the big thing right now is just trying to find a venue for next year. That's a little bit – that'll work a little better for what you're trying to do. Um just because William Way is great, but again, because it's in Center City, things are really expensive, and the, we're kind of limited with how many people we can have at the event because of the space. So we're trying to look into different options. We've had a couple people reach out to us and say, hey, I have a connection here. So we're going to start reaching counts. out to those venues and see what we can do about maybe working with them and moving the event there. So fingers crossed. <laughs> But we'll be at oh, we'll be at Anime NYC in the exhibit hall. We're gonna have a table just with flyers and general information. Sounds like a plan. Now that we Don't got come say hi, we will. And now that we got that out the way, um, let's go to our next topic here. Okay, Ichigo, this is all you. So, how disorganization almost got me evicted my second year at Yomakan. Um, so, we are going to be bringing up some sensitive topics here. Um, Yomakan is a convention that is held somewhere in the in the Conosphere. Detroit. It's, Detroit. it's in Detroit, Michigan. It's in Detroit, Michigan, the Conosphere of Detroit, Michigan, and um, they have had some recent tea spill uh, on their table, unfortunately, dealing with the uh, instances of interactions with staff, especially heads of departments. I am not going to name any names. I will use initials or nicknames for people included in the story because with the details of the story, if you want to look it up, you can definitely go find that out about yourself. Now, a couple of quick things. Uh, number one, um, I am, I'm going to disclose that I am friends with the Yomakan Con Chair, which is why I really didn't say too much about this because I just want to keep things civil. I think he understands. So when it comes to this, it won't be an issue. And number two, when the person said evicted, I'm like, what did you do to get evicted from your house? I'm like, did you take your last rent money and risk it at a table? That's what my first thought was. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> well, also, um, I'm also going to be clear 
I am also an artist. Um, I do participate in artist alleys and I do see where this artist is coming from, but I also see the other side of the con runner. As I myself run a lot of conventions, run a lot of departments, dealing with a lot of moving parts where things can get lost or mislaid or miscommunicated a lot, because we mm -hmm. talk about that a lot here on the podcast. We talk a lot about miscommunications and how people speak Miscommunication. not going to work. So <laughs> I'm just laying that out here because I'm going to look at it from both sides of the story because we are coming from this particular side of the story as far as an artist who felt like they were logically laying out a story, but it was coming from a place of hurt and a place of upset, disappointment. Um, a predisposition of negative experiences with this event and these organizers. So we're going to read a story, girls and boys mm. and our non-binary pals. Uh, <laughs> get ready. Get ramped up. Okay. I've attended Yomacon once in the past, and it was not a same experience. Very disorganized. Tables were the wrong mm. size. Alley opened late, etc. Between that and poor sales, it was bad enough that I decided not to come back. They had friends encourage them to return, so they decided they would try again. All right, now, I want to interrupt real quick. Now, I yes. can attribute to the poor sales. Now, originally, Yomakar was in one location, the Detroit Renaissance Hotel, the Rensen. Yep. I believe the following year after I went, the con split, quote-unquote. Yeah. There is a place called the Kobo. That's where yep. the artist alley and dealer's room is. So, you would think that it's right next to each other, but it's not. For example, this no. is the, the Rensen. This is the Kobo. It's not really walkable. You have to take the people mover to get from point A uh, to point B. Gosh. Now, if I remember wanna, that thing. <laughs> now, if you want to know is, what is the people mover, I'll tell you. You ever been to an airport and you're on that, on that, road, on that moving conveyor belt? That's a people mover, and it ain't free, so you have to pay for that to go from point A to point B, which is why, for me, when a convention's in one location, has like a little spot in this hotel and that hotel, I usually don't go because I don't like leaving the location unless I really have a reason to do so. But there you go. I just wanted to put that out. Oh, Yomacon. He's adding environment. environment and aesthetic to the story. Mm. So... Detroit. Um, Picture it. Detroit. Picture 2019. Detroit. You in a people mover. Like 2019. 2019. Modern day. It opened. Sun is shining. Um, so <laughs> we start with the fact that uh, apparently there was a slight lack of communication. Now, further on in the story, you might find that this might have been the fact that emails were put in incorrectly. We mm -hmm. don't know. This is all speculation. Don't come for me. Um, but we find out that emails may have been put in incorrectly or the person who is in charge of emailing information did not copy paste the email correctly or did not spell it or insert it correctly. So the fact that they did not receive an artist alley map, which to me is one of the key things I as an artist love because that's very important to know where I am, um, apparently caused them a lot of stress. The fact that artists had to continually request access to information about this event apparently also compounded that so it was very frustrating and it means that they didn't find out if they were placed next to in this particular artist's storyline their travel buddy so someone that they knew and if you've ever done an artist alley table i recently 
at NecoCon was next to one of my booze, my friends, uh, Lizzie, and she was amazing. Silly little things. Go check them out. But uh, it's very nice to be next to a travel buddy or someone you know, especially mm -hmm. if you're tabling alone, because it makes it easier when nature calls to you and you follow. Um, so they weren't placed near their travel buddy until about a week before the con. They didn't find out this information. And personally, con runners, this is just a thing for me personally as an artist. If you could give me two weeks, I really like it. I understand as a con runner, that may not be your focus. That may not be a thing. You may not find out contracts until the last possible second. But any any time is good time, okay? Thank you. Um, so they decided to reach out to another artist that was placed next to them to ask if they would switch out. Now, the thing they did wrong here, small little grasshopper artists in the, in the artist sphere, is that they did not contact the event runner or the AA head in order to mm. confirm this. They just took it upon themselves to do so. Um, if nothing else, have literature, have it in writing, put it somewhere that if nothing else, it is in their email inbox. And you can go, yes, we sent that to you 10 days ago and you didn't reply. So then we took it upon ourselves to do it. Cause then at least you have some paper and you have some writing to reinforce what you've done. And it's not against any legalities apparently later on in the story we will get into. So um, they wanted to sit together. So thankfully the artists that they reached out to allowed them to switch tables and it was all kosher and good since there was an official con map anyway. And they didn't think that there would be any issue. Um, obviously since they were both registered, they didn't have to exchange money. So there was no other, turmoils or tribulations that these artists had to go through um, that they anticipated would cause them any other problems. So they left for the con, and after a very long 11-hour drive, they arrived, and unfortunately, the directions to offload their stock and things like that led to a parking garage that was apparently the wrong name, and it was $15 to park in. And it, the parking price was also apparently not mentioned. However, However, and I think this might have been maybe a GPS issue, this might have been the fact that the signage was wrong, and that unfortunately is not under control of a lot of people. There are a lot of moving parts in conventions, right. especially with publications and signage. Mm -hmm. So um, they trekked their stuff across a lot, found out that there was actually parking near the offloading section, and that it was free to do that, so they wasted $15. And they were annoyed um, at this point, but... Sweaty and exhausted, they made their way inside to set up. None of the tables were labeled, and the tables were wrong sizes, and they didn't have badges apparently prepared at that point to give to artists. So they found their tables through a process of elimination and asked a few other artists what aisles they were in. They were later given badges by a staff member that had incorrect names or titles, um, and they were told there were no lanyards available, which are not expected to me as an artist, but are very much appreciated, especially if they want me to have my badge on me at all times. But I understand if money is tight. Um, but I know that that to me is one thing that you really want to have for your artists in general. Um, but thankfully they got in touch with another artist who offered them some that she was selling. Um, they left for the day with the table set up and now we're going to get to the rest of the story. What In chat, what do you guys think happened between the night before and the day of? List below, and we will get into it. So, they left for the day, their table set up, and relieved that the worst is over. And then, the next day, they tried to evict them. Mm -hmm. They arrived around 11 a.m., 
an hour plus the, before the event was supposed to open. And her friend, I guess, walked off to talk to someone else. Uh, then this person went to their table and found out that their display had been knocked off, some of their prints pulled down, and much of her stuff tossed behind the chairs. Mm. A staff member that stood nearby, uh, she addressed them and asked them what happened. Um, however, she says that the staffer replied to them in a chipper and aggressive tone, you know, you're being evicted. All of your things have been removed onto a pallet in the loading dock. So... On this note, a lot of conventions that work within convention spaces work through unions and through legalities, liabilities, stuff like that. They don't handle your stuff if something like this occurs. They actually have to get the union workers mm -hmm. to move stuff on pallets. And some of them are not as soft and, and fluffy and marshmallowy textured as other people. So as, sometimes... As somebody who has worked union jobs, I will tell you this out. Most union employees don't give two fucks about you or your stuff because they have a guaranteed job. Even if they kill somebody and they're found not guilty, they'll be told, eh, come back to work on Monday. You good. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> then they... Uh, began a surreal conversation uh, where when they asked why they were being evicted, they said they were told that they had stolen their table. Um, and so this is where I was talking about literature and having paperwork and having things mm -hmm. established for yourself um, is the fact that she thought that she told the staffer that they were completely incorrect and she started to get angry. I mean, I would too. I don't, I don't I had, blame her. I'm just like, you know, and I mean, given from the from what I was reading of the article, the way this one staffer's acting is similar in the ways that a lot you see from a lot of staffers, basically quote unquote um, power tripping because that's who they are, you know. But it happens. It 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 to me is a case of someone overreacting, not really a power trip, but someone overreacting to an instance because things didn't fall into place as they should have. So we'll get into that a little later in the story, and I'll discuss that. Mm -hmm. um, but they, she also was upset because of how roughly her stuff had been treated. Apparently, this was a new display she had just put together, and a lot of the prints after this instance were actually damaged around the edges. They were still sellable, but they were basically stock that she had to sell at a discount yes, or maybe at a damage or let the person know. Yeah, because it's not as valuable as it once was. Exactly. And thankfully, I think she stated later on that because it was a display, she wasn't planning on selling those pieces. But still, like that, if it looks like it's been through 10 shows and it's your new display, like I would be upset. Um, so she addressed them and was like, why, weren't, why haven't I been contacted about the problem with my table instead of just taking down my stuff? And they said they apparently sent her an email. Um, apparently they didn't. They actually sent it to the table mate next to her. So one, wrong email. They should have at least which is, reached out by phone. I mean, come on. And so they did address that. She said they did not. They sent it to my friend next to me, and they sent it at 10.45 a.m. Keep in mind, they could have done so by contacting either of directly using the various methods on our business card, which we know they saw since they threw them across my friend's table. She then updated them to let them know she hadn't received any email or any other form of contact, and she said they... She had the staffer then addressed her with the fact that she had gotten her table through an illegal sublet. 
So subletting, guys, if you don't know, is when you sell your table to another artist and if you or you allow the fellow artist to have stuff on your table, a lot of conventions do not allow this because they just don't like when multiple artists have one table unless there is a representative of said artist there or um, they get the money from all the artists because that's, that's how business is. Um, so... She then, the artist then addressed why they hadn't called her directly to figure out what's going on since they had her phone number with her registration. Um, she then asked who the business card on her table was when this artist told her that it was theirs. She said that their studio name was not even registered for the convention. So I'm going to let that sink in. Uh, that like a little Googling or a little bit of looking through your, your paperwork will usually sort that out. Don't just straight up say that someone is not registered if you do not know 199% that they are. But anyway, um, I told her that that was ridiculous and asked if they had even bothered to look at their own list because I was on it yesterday when I checked in. See, that's the, that's that's what I'm talking about. So after two minutes of investigation, she conceded that it was most likely that this is what most likely prompted the issue. So a miscommunication is what prompted this issue. Um, and the problem is it wasn't just one. It was probably at least four points of miscommunication. Um, the staff member told them, apparently, sorry to give you a heart attack, in a bouncy and casual tone, and then walked away. Just walked the fuck away. I... Just disappeared into the ether. No, no. Apparently no. never to be seen again. No. She, they would have found her body part spread to the four winds on, on, that, on that table, in that artist alley. I would have um, gone so... Dexter on her. Later, they were visited by a con head and another staff member who had been nearby during the event, and they were both extremely nice and apologetic. However, it didn't go beyond the artist's notice that the AA head, a.k.a. the ones responsible for this uh, problem, um, ever did. So the one staff member who re expressed regret on behalf of the alley head um, had apparently done so, but the artist alley head apparently had not by 7 p.m. on Friday that day after the event had happened. Um, had not come to formally apologize. Um, and so the artist was put into a bad mood, obviously, if anybody who's been in that kind of situation or similar situations would know, and then went on to address questions such as what kind of staff deals with situations by tearing down a booth first and then asking questions. Um, even, even the email below, and I will read it. I'm not going to read who sent it, but I'm going to read it because it is all of its English glory. Um, it is, has a lot of technical issues, which to me, I feel like if you are going to be dealing with people directly, it is much better to maybe have a, a system maybe like Grammarly or have a secondary staff member who you can be like, hey, I'm upset. This is a situation where I'm writing in anger. I'm writing where I feel personally attacked. Can you just read this email to make it so it, I'm not coming off as cold, I'm not coming off as alienating, and I'm not coming off angry because I am right and now. For, for, the like, record, for the record, sometimes at work, I have a, a, my one of my team leads or whatever um, basically, you know, go over a couple of emails so I don't sound like that proverbial asshole, you know, because people love IT. Yeah, and, I, and like that's a situation where it's really hard because – I know in in the ways that this person has reacted to this subsequent situation, the staff member, it sounds like they felt personally attacked. And the problem is that they came from it in an aggressive way. And unfortunately, that fed into a lot of fellow artists kind of taking the side of the other artist who had been wronged and basically attacking 
the head of the department. So it, to me, is not good and uh, in general could have been handled better by both parties. And I am sorry if that sounds a little hurtful to people, but it's a situation where privacy to me is a good way to handle it first. But if you do have questions, it is good to raise the awareness. However, unfortunately, there are a lot of people who are ready to jump on mobs and the mob mentality and attack people. And it sucks because then feeling feefies get hurt oh. and then people get defensive. So okay, all right, all right. then I'm gonna, I'm nothing to, useful happens. I'm going to interrupt you here because a couple of people have to bounce because we are late, so you know. I'm sorry, guys. I'll try and be quicker. <laughs> but, um... So let's say bye to Mako. Good and say goodbye night. to Ichigo. Good night. Good night. Farewell. Good night. Avita saying good night. Um, so, uh, the email reads as follows. Um, or, sorry. She... Okay, so what kind of staff deals with situations by tearing down and then asking questions? Um, and the fact that they sent the email to the wrong recipient, um, and subsequently there are issues with that as well. Um, not to mention that maybe you wouldn't have watched out for people stealing booths if you have checked ID. And then also the fact that the other friend who had switched tables, or the other artist they had switched table with, to be ne next to their friend apparently had not dealt with any issues at all. So the fact that they kind of singled her out and targeted her is a huge issue in its own in its own right. Um, so the email reads as follows: um, Notice of Yomakon Artist Alley eviction. Again, this was sent to the wrong artist, which I would have a heart attack if I had no idea what was going on. Uh, hello, please be advised you have been removed from Yomakon's Artist Alley for spreading onto a table that is not. Your purse, as well as unauthorized subleasing with such and such. The building crew is loading your articles onto a pallet and placing it into the loading dock, and you will be responsible for any charges this labor may have incurred. Um, now, this was posted to a group where artists kind of support other artists, yes. so unfortunately... Well, at this point, you might as well say the group, because it's basically a public group, so... It's actually not a public group, it but, uh, I mean, if you look this post up, you can find it. Um, and it's a public post. So, like, if you really want to search this post, like, you can look it up. Um, but then the artist Helly Head came into the group, and unfortunately, um, I think she's she's been a part of it for a while. And she apparently addressed the situation in a... I don't know why it's not loading. Give me a second. Um, All right, so... Yeah, we'll take a second. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, um, because of the time, can we kind of like... We'll wrap it up, yes. Yeah. Um, so the short and sweet of it was basically that the AA had came into the Artist Alley group or has been part of this group and came at it aggressively, but kind of passive-aggressively. And I feel like it was a matter of her not taking a step back to breathe for a second before going at it with this person because she was trying to address it in a general way of, we talked about this, I thought you were okay, but you're obviously not okay. And she kept trying to drag it away from the social media aspect of it into a more personal conversation. But then, unfortunately, she used uh, styles of intimidation tactics to try and get the artist to feel like they were legally liable for any information that had been spread, although there was no contractual obligation 
to keep information confidential and the artist was looking for support so that's why they went to a public group um and that's kind of where it's been at um because the situation hasn't been formally addressed publicly by yomacon itself or by its subsidiaries um so there is still the saltiness in the air there's also the issue that this particular AA department head is associated with another convention that they personally have dragged into the conversation. Um, so there's also the drama, the fact that they basically were like, well, if you feel this way about this, then you should definitely not apply to this convention because I also help run that. Um, so in general, I feel like a lot of it is miscommunication. The fact that... Um, it should have been addressed in a more professional way and maybe there should be a way of looking to other staffers for help as far as email writing or vetting things before they go out um and the fact that um as far as these kind of situations they're gonna keep happening so a matter of it is gonna be how conventions i guess move to handle these kind of situations in the future and the fact that uh, maybe I, it's really hard to say anything on this topic because 99% of it was that information that should have been correct was not. And that's kind of what sparked it. So, well, yeah, that's the story time we have for today, children's. And I, you know, what bothered me at you know, when it was pointed out was the fact that. This person is also a con chair and was basically saying, well, we don't do this this way at our con. Listen, listen, my child. There are people who are con chairs who go to other conventions. If they don't, if they're not having a table to advertise their con, they're in a dealer's role selling their wares. Granted, the con may not be perfect, but this is not the time nor the place to run your fat freaking mouth to shit talk the con. This is where you take notes on what's going on with the con and you apply that to your book on how to make your con better. So if you come across these issues, you know how to handle it instead of running your fucking mouth. And there are a lot of people that also feel similarly to how Ranma does. I take it with a bit of a measured grain of sugar and salt at the same time because I have seen both sides of the situation and unfortunately there is continually a lot of miscommunications and moving parts that don't talk to each other regularly in a lot of the convention scene and it sucks it sucks to be on the, the side where you're like oh I'm hyper defensive I'm going to attack because you're coming after something I've worked really hard on but at the same time like you're a volunteer there was a day that I think when I was running Maid Cafe, I got really personally attached to it and like started taking everything personal. I would cry. Mm -hmm. It was just bad. It was ugly. It's not good. And then there was one day where I was like, if I was fired from this volunteer job, I would have so much more time. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing is that we're all volunteers. So like, I mean, unless you're working for a for-profit convention, you get paid, whatever. But like... It, it, it sucks to be the evil person, but at the same time, sometimes the best reaction is no reaction. All right. And that's hard. That is so hard. Mm -hmm. That is so rough. Right. But that's where we're going to end on this story. All right. Dateline tonight. 
don't don't um, don't don't get me started on that. <laughs> Please. Any anywho. Now I think it uh Wilds must be hanging around for a few more minutes before she bounces or did she leave? No, she's here. She's just frozen. Ah, uh, damn it. I that's why Let I it go. Don't 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 I was out with my friend Aria Snark. She showed up as Coronation Anna at the at the Frozen musical and we got pictures of her in front of the St. James Theater. I should probably post them soon, but anywho. Uh, Wild Spice, why don't you take this story about this fire, and then if you want to get up on out of here, by all means. Provided that her uh, her connection is still going. Can't hear you. Speak up. We no can't. Try muting your mic and then unmuting it, maybe? I think it's a fact I have to make a trip to her house with these, com with these computer parts I have and overhaul her machine to make it better. Yeah, and it could be the connection, because it was yeah. fine just earlier. She's saying Skype is lagging and can't unmute. No! Bastard. That's the worst! I think that hard drive is starting to go... All right, I, I think what we might have to, we might have to cut, drop her from the call so we can move on. Because look at the time. Well, we can touch base on the article she's supposed to cover maybe next week. I think we can save that for next week. Actually, wait a minute. There's a lot of stuff we skipped out on, but. It was because the story was long. I tried, I tried so hard to make yeah, it short. I tried. Yeah, I, 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 I know you tried. I know you tried. So we're gonna save this for, for for next week. So at least love you, Wild Spice. <laughs> at least one of the stories we're saving for next week. So I am going to remove her from the call. So it's now just the two of us. Hi. <laughs> Which means I can kind of make our our Skype videos a little bit a little bit bigger. Just a just a scotch. A big. But yeah. Um. All right. Now that we're at the last part of the show, and yes, don't, Wild Spice, don't worry about it. Um, we need to find a Saturday when I can come down to your house and rebuild your computer. Just feed me. That's all I ask. I'll bring everything. <laughs> Try not to die. Get out of here with that spicy shit. <laughs> Alright, so normally for Rewild in Japan, we would play like a variant of the Benny Hill theme, but I found some other themes from one of my favorite animes that we're going to use instead because it, it kind of falls it kind of falls that way. So Ichigo, you want to take the first story? Uh, meanwhile, in Japan, <laughs> as I die, um, is that a JoJo reference? Uh, <laughs> please excuse me, I am totally dying. 
I tried to breathe water. I am not fish. <sighs> you expected a ramen chef, but it was him! Dio! While you can expect great tasting noodles in Japan's ramen restaurants, you generally shouldn't expect all that much in terms of special ambiance. The food really is the main thing, so it's a quick order, quick service, quick slurping meal at most ramen joints, and I can definitely agree with this. Osaka's Rewa, however, is not most ramen joints. The restaurant's full name is Kusega Suyoi Menya Rewa, meaning Rewa, a noodle restaurant with a highly unusual personality. <laughs> For starters, one of the house specialties is cilantro ramen. Hmm. Do you taste soap or do you taste cilantro? Mention it in chat. Let me know. I'm pr I've never heard of that till like a couple of years ago, so I'm just like throw all the cilantro you want on there. I'm one of those weird people. I can taste it both ways. It just depends on my mood. Mm. Um, which is an unusual dish for Japan, and the shop's interior and exterior are covered in word balloons and sound effects. But what really sets it apart is what happens after you place your order. And if you're a sharp-eyed anime and manga fan, the font on those sound effect signs should give you a clue about what's coming next. Three seconds left, says Rewa's chef in the video posted by Japanese Twitter user Oitetoo00. Um, two seconds left. One second left. Ah, ah, ah. He counts down dramatically. Sorry, I had the count from Sesame Street in my head. Of course you did. When the timer goes off, indicating the noodles have finished cooking, it's time to remove them from the pot and shake off the excess water. And he does so while shouting, He hasn't snapped after an overly stressful day in the kitchen. Instead, he's reenacting the world stand cry of Dio Brando, arch-villain of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, whose signature superpower has achieved worldwide meme status with his repeated cries of Muda, or it's worthless. <clears throat> Customers' videos stretching back several months show that this wasn't a one-time thing, and sometimes the chef even mixes things up by shunning the sinister Dio and instead evoking ora, 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 of the series titular hero, Jotaro Kujo's star platinum stand. Star um, platinum. <laughs> and he is trying to give you some extra laughs while short not shortchanging you on flavor. Um, customer reviews on Japan's restaurant site, Tabalog, are positive, and the photos itself look very powerfully tasty. It does look good. Um, yeah, if we were back in Japan, I would definitely have to check this out. Uh, for those who are not aware, Rewa is the new period of time that Japan has uh, moved into, but this particular ramen shop had that name before then. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it did, oh wait, it just opened in May. My bad. I was I was incorrect, but I was correct the first time. It opened in May, which is why its name matches the new imperial era of Japan. Wonderful. Yeah. So it sounds good. It looks tasty. Our, our next story, basically, is a Hilgo man arrested for creating a biohazard zone with his own pee. J just so you know, the suspect was 42 years old. His pee was at least five. So, back on October 26, many people reported a foul odor in the area of the JR Akashi Station 
and the Hyogo Prefecture. The local fire department rushed to the scene to see what was going on. And they there was a type of intense ammonia smell. Yeah. They traced the, the funk to some liquid that had been dumped in a nearby shrubbery. The police showed up and basically they took samples, ran forensic tests and so forth. It has been determined that it was basically human urine. I don't know how they did this, but they traced it back to a 42-year-old part-time worker who lives in Akashi. How the fuck did you... He owned up to the crime and said that I dumped my own pee. I thought it would be nourishing as a fertilizer. I got it from my mother over five years ago, and it seemed like a waste to just throw it away. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Gagri's like, ew. Just ew. I'm done. I'm yeah, absolutely so, done. Thank you, Mako-chan. Yeah, she got her revenge. Yeah. Super gross. Uh, note to anyone out there, pee and poo are not fertilizers. No. When this, okay, now, now, when this story came to air, Japanese netizens had a lot to say, such as the smell. That's some vintage urine. Must have mellowed something awful. That is a chemical weapon. He was marking his territory. And ever popular, sounds like he's a bottler. Now, bottler is a Japanese term for someone who plays online games to the point where they pee into bottles instead of leaving the screen for a second. Now, there's probably an American term for that. I don't know what it is, but we probably know a couple of people who play World of Warcraft, Final Fantasy XIV, and other games, and they just basically piss in a bottle right We've all seen that episode of South Park. Anyway. Now, the suspect is currently facing charges to damage to the property. But the fire department had to run their own analysis, and they found hazardous levels of sodium arsenite and ammonium perchlorate in the process. This could lead to more criminal charges for violating the Poisonous and Harmful Substances Control Act. And so, Japan is once again safe from the threat of offensive urine, but not because of luck or divine intervention. It is through the tireless work of the nation's fire and the police departments that filth is kept off the street and toilet where it belongs. Now, if you don't want this to happen to you, drink a lot of water. It won't be as bad. Then again, you really shouldn't be holding uh, urine more than, than you're supposed to. Please don't. Anywho, it you go. A war, um, a lesson for the, a lesson for the wise. Ew. <laughs> um. Yeah, that. Yeah. Uh. Well. I mean. Try and be smart out there, kiddos, especially when it comes to your underwear and your money. Know where both are, as well as your towel, if you're going to be looking into traveling the universe. A Nagata student tricks woman out of 100,000 yen, or about $100, dollars, 
and two pairs of dirty underwear. Or wait, sorry, it's like a thousand dollars and and two pairs of dirty underwear. Um, ah, the old dirty underwear rapcon. She should have seen it coming. The dirty underwear trade is an established business that traces back to like the eighties, I guess. However, it exists on the fringe of society, not bound by laws, and instead operates on a sort of code of honor between those who want the smelly, dirty underwear and those are who lazy, who are not too lazy to do laundry. Sorry, that last story definitely, yeah. Um, it hurt you more than it should have. It, it yes, it caused me great pain. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, this uh, makes it an easy target for con artists, flimflammers, charlatans, and yes, even more mountbanks. Which is such the case that happened in late August between a young woman in the Minami Alps, Yamanashi Prefecture, and a scoundrel in Nagaoka, Niigata Prefecture. The suspect and the victim got acquainted with each other through Twitter, and in their DM exchanges, the 19-year-old university student made a proposition to the woman in her 20s, I want your underwear wrapped together with money, and I will pay you twice the amount. If you send me 100,000 yen, oh, it is about, yeah, it's about $1,000 US, mm-hmm. I will send you back 200,000 yen, or about $1,850. Well, now. This, yeah, this, I'm sorry. I'm not going to send you money wrapped in something. It, that's not, no. Um, to anyone who's ever received email from the Prince of Nigeria, an offer of send me money first and I'll send you more money later is highly suspicious. But perhaps the victim let her guard down on the assumption that the guy was just being really pervy. She sent him the suggested amount of 100,000 yen wrapped in two pairs of underwear and either as a gesture of good customer service or because one pair wasn't in, big enough to cover that money. Apparently, this girl ain't wearing no granny panties. Mm. Uh, however, she never received anything in return. Hmm. Suspicious. Realizing that she had been duped, she reported it to the police who tracked the student down and made the arrest. He was said to have admitted to the charges of dirty underwear fraud. Ha <laughs> He got dirty money. <laughs> That's like too... Anyway... Um, I'm going to laugh over here but to myself later. Uh, how? Uh, so, it, while it appears to be an open and shut case for the authorities, many are left wondering, what the hell just happened? <clears throat> Apparently, a lot of netizens were wondering how the heck the deal was set up in the beginning. Um, and the fact that $1,000 for anyone's underwear is outrageous. And the fact that people don't think the victim is entirely innocent either. Although the writer disagrees with the victim blaming in this case, the last comment is correct about the shady circumstances surrounding it. For far too long, the dirty panty trade has gone underground, leaving innocent panty sniffers and panty soilers alike vulnerable to scams. I think it's high time we march on Tokyo and demand that Shinzo Abe's government regulate the industry to provide a safe environment for the business taking place. As a thriving gig economy, it has the potential to revitalize the Japanese financial state and become a crowning achievement in the legacy of a man. <laughs> I'm sorry, if any of you like know the stories from back in the 80s and 90s of like underwear and vending machines, used underwear mm. and vending machines being like a big thing that was talked about as something weird in Japan, then like, yeah, you know why I'm laughing. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think we're done. I think we're done here. 
in chat, tell us which article broke you more. Um, <laughs> X seventy five asks if it's male or female underwear. It's female underwear, you chode. A lot of a lot of what was talked about back in in the eighties and nineties was mostly female underwear, especially like schoolgirl underwear or like schoolgirl underwear. Mm -hmm. um, and we've talked about a few instances of things like that. Uh, and, and the fetishes surrounding that on this channel before as far as like pantyhose and underwear and all that fun stuff uh, I mean there is a market for it in the states there's a market for it in Japan there's a market for it everywhere that anyone with a fetish lives so like I, I know that the last part of the article was a joke but it is it's basically just like people wanting to have regulations in the sex industry of like safety and things like that I mean it would be smarter in this instance, but yeah, it's it's one of those instances where it's like, today I read that. Mm -hmm. That's a thing I read. <laughs> Anywho. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you for watching, and thank you for participating and welcoming us back from our Last minute hiatus that wasn't supposed to happen. So, yeah. So, if you have any questions about the show, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We want to know what's up because we're here to believe you. So, don't forget to check out our website at animejamsession.com where you can find links to our YouTube videos, our convention videos. Uh, convention photos as well on our site you'll find convention reviews anime reviews editorials cosplay tips and tricks cosplay interviews a whole lot more over at animejamsession.com and don't forget you can take our show on the road with you uh, you can find us on iTunes Stitcher TuneIn Radio Google Play Player FM Pocket Cast any program or app you use for finding podcasts, punch an anime jam session, and you'll find us. A lot of these apps will have an option for you to leave reviews, so drop a review. We'd love to know. So, definitely find us there. Thanks for that. We really appreciate that. And don't forget, you can find us on social media. Uh, YouTube.com slash anime jam session, Twitter.com slash anime jam session, and Facebook.com slash anime jam session. And if it wasn't for all of y'all following us, we probably wouldn't be here. So we love, so we really appreciate the love that you're showing us tonight and whenever you listen. So thank you. We appreciate that. So this is a part of the show where we go around the room for last words. So we're, I'm just going to kick it over to Ichigo here. So last words, Ichigo. Oh, sorry. I Don't went break it. Around the room. Sorry, guys. Um, I am excited for upcoming events. Um, I am hoping to go to a lot of Friendsgivings, eat a lot of turkey. As you can see, turkey time behind me. Mm. Um, and yeah, I hope to see you guys again soon. Ciao for now. My last words is I'm going to kick back, relax, and put together my Instant Pot air fryer. So I'm happy about that. So that is it. End of list. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Anime Jam Session. And we'll iron out more of the kinks from tonight's episode. So it'll be a lot more flawless next week. So that's basically it. So I'm Ranma. I'm Ichigo. Great fight. Great night. Definitely see you next week. Bye. All right, Ichigo. Since it's on you, say goodnight, Ichigo. Good night, everyone.
everybody. Good night, Ichigo. That's perfect. Okay, that's it. I don't. I think I forgot to do like our next, like a thing for next week. I'm gonna hope and pray that this thing works. So we're going to get out of here. So peace out. Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on the show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it. For transcripts of this episode, start typing. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!